Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hey there, ladies and gents. Frank Flegg here, founder of Ethical Property Partners, and welcoming you to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investor podcast. Now, we sometimes have guests on that we interview. We sometimes talk about the practicalities of investing in property. In fact, I am headed off in about an hour's time to present to our partners on a development we're doing at the moment. And we're actually going to spend about two hours going through the detail of how to maximize the rental of that property. It's actually let on a commercial lease, so making it as valuable as possible to the tenants, but also maximizing capital growth. So maximizing the amount that we can refinance it for and the maximum amount that we can sell it for if we choose to sell it in the future. So on this podcast, we sometimes go into the weeds and do a lot of technical property stuff. And sometimes I focus on the mental stuff, the the mindset. And today I'm going to be talking about mindset. This isn't a long episode. I'm going to give you a snapshot into my psychology because right now I am flying on cloud nine. I feel amazing, but equally I'm dreading something that's (laughs) coming up shortly. (laughs) And this is a metaphor for investing. Nothing is ever 100% great and nothing is ever 100% rubbish. Now, if you're following our YouTube and if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that we had our annual retreat recently. And one of the challenges on the annual retreat was seven hours to see how far we could walk and run and I decided to off the back of that I actually decided a few weeks before it that if we were going to do that challenge anyway then I may as well build on it so I decided to hike and run or hike or run (laughs) the length of Hadrian's Wall and that is 84 miles from start to finish and I initially gave myself four days I still have four days in the diary it starts in two days time in 48 hours time I will have started so I've got two sleeps (laughs) sounds like a kid before Christmas I've got two sleeps and then I'll be getting up quite early and, and kicking off and initially I was looking at where I could sleep etc but now I've decided I'm gonna have a crack at doing the entire thing in one go that's the dread inside me because I don't know if I can do that and that's scary doing something that you don't know if you can achieve it if you don't that you don't know if you're gonna be successful where you have a high chance of failure is scary from a very young age we are taught not to fail We're taught that failure is wrong, failure is bad. Chatting to American people that I know, American business people, I I think they have, and those of you listening in the States, I think you guys do have a bit of a better attitude towards failure in a business context. But I think even across the Western world, we are taught at school that there's a right and a wrong. And if you get it wrong, then, you know, that's failure and so 
we are conditioned from a very early age to avoid failure. But the problem in property investing is that you're going to have mistakes. You're going to lose money at some point if you do enough deals. If you And if you never lose any money on a deal, then you've probably missed out on hundreds of deals that you could have made tons of money on. I was listening to a podcast recently. It was a um, Tim Ferriss podcast, and he was interviewing a investment company CEO really interesting podcast I'll put the details in the in the notes for you and the guy was in his late 40s I think and had achieved amazing things he had invested in uh, YouTube in Zoom in some incredible I think eBay PayPal some of the amazing success stories and he said that a third of the investments that they make this is one of the most um, successful angel and venture capital firms in Silicon Valley so massively successful a third of the investments that they put in bomb basically go to zero and um, he talked about an example if, if any of you know the Tim Ferriss show they're, they're two three-hour interviews often so um, they talked about an example so they really get to go into de- depth and they talked about an example where he put 10 million pounds into a company that just went to zero they just had to write it off so he talked about a third of their investments a third of the risks they take bombing completely writing off every penny of their investment and then a third of them do okay where over a number of years they get their investment back or they get their investment back plus some and that some might be 50 percent 100 percent 200 percent and then there's maybe and he gave a few numbers out but there's maybe a eight percent ten percent chance that they'll back an absolute unicorn that will fly and fly and fly the likes of Google that just keeps going up and up and up. Um, Oh, one of the ones that they um, missed out on, and this is interesting because it's not only the ones they do and lose money on, it's the ones that have sat in front of them and they've said, no, they missed out on Twitter. So they sat down and said Twitter was not for them, you know, wasn't going to make any money. Well, I think Elon Musk, uh, if he does ever go ahead with this purchase, would, would beg to differ. I was listening also, actually, to um, an interview with the co-founder of Shazam, and he sat down with over a 100 venture capitalists, and none of them would back Shazam. And I bet the majority of you guys listening to this have got that on your phone. At some point, you've opened it up and you've Shazammed a song to find out what song it is, who the author is amazingly within 15 seconds unbelievable and he conceived of that idea before smartphones he conceived of that idea when the only phones we had were nokia uh, phones where the most sophisticated thing you could do with music was to download a monotone ringtone so you could have the little (laughs) ringtone and like that was your personal ringtone it's like so exciting and I can remember that I can remember going to Sweden and in Sweden they just all had mobile phones like a year or two before us and I was 14 so it's like 26 years ago and yeah everyone had these Nokia mobiles and very few of us did and we were like wow they've all got different ringtones that's so cool well while we were thinking that ringtones were cool this guy was working out how 
to catalogue the entire database of songs in the world. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? One particular venture capitalist, uh, obviously there were there were over a hundred of them that said no, said there is never going to be a need. No one's ever going to want to wave their phone in the air to find out what a song is. And uh, it, the founder said, yeah, isn't it funny? I actually sent him a little a little note to say, I think actually they do. <laughs> because Apple have since bought out Shazam. I think it was $400 million they paid for it. So it goes to show, doesn't it, that if you want to transform your life, you have to step outside of your comfort zone. And breaking that mold of stepping out of your comfort zone is so hard. So at the EPP retreat about three weeks ago now I was coming off the back of a three three and a half week cold I jogged for the entire seven hours other than when I stopped to eat drink or nip to the loo so I think I was moving for about six and a half hours I did 28 miles exactly 28 miles and you might think oh that's very uh, it was like 28.00 miles it's because I timed it I went slightly further than the hotel and then stopped at the hotel exactly the right amount because I wanted to go further than I'd ever been before and I'd never done 28 miles before now this Friday just gone I went further I started at 2 p.m and I jogged for about two hours and then started to walk and I went for 16 miles along a river and a canal and then I turned around and I came back and that took me 10 hours nine and a half hours sorry correction nine and a half hours that took me I finished at half past 11 at night so I went right into uh, darkness uh, for several hours I wanted to test my head torch uh, it hammered down with rain for about an hour which was brilliant because it tested all my wet weather gear I wanted to see how I coped with water whilst walking and I wanted to see how long I could walk for now I was hanging at the end of that I didn't know if I could do it but I suspected I could because if you can run 28 miles you can probably run and walk 32 but it was tough I'm now three days later and I'm walking normally I've been really awkward and stiff for the last two days um, but I feel on top of the world like my energy levels are through the roof I feel strong yeah feeling fit now and not surprisingly, you know, do nine and a half hours exercise, you're going to feel pretty good afterwards. But now I'm looking at Hadrian's wall in 48 hours, less than 48 hours, and I'm nervous, I'm scared. I, I want to do it in one go. I don't want to stop. Um, I might stop, you know, at a pub for food or something, but I just want to keep going. Depends how hungry I get, I guess. I have got all kinds of red flag people, you know, how dangerous that is. It's going to be wet and muddy, walking in the, you know, that, that far north through the night is dangerous frank what if you get hypothermia and I've, I've mitigated these risks to an extent but the long and short of it is yeah it's quite dangerous like after 35 hours i'm gonna be very sleep deprived i have no idea how slow i'll be walking maybe i'll drop to like two miles an hour well 84 miles are going to take a long time at two miles an hour um i'm hoping to walk at about three three and a half miles an hour plus stops but I don't know if I can do it. I've got an emergency like bivy bag and an emergency lightweight sleeping bag. I've got a phone charger so I can phone, charge my phone. Every two hours I'm going to be checking in with my other half uh, using what three words so that she knows where I am every two hours and obviously she knows the route I'm walking. So if I drop off, literally drop off the edge of a cliff, she'll know where to start looking. But I was saying this to the partners at the retreat you can get run over by the bus in the next two hours crossing the road. And yes, that's higher risk. It's I'm going to be quite remote. I'm going to be 
pushing myself probably harder than I ever have before. I've never exercised for 35 hours continuously. And I might be on here in, in two weeks time eating humble pie saying, you know, I didn't do it. I failed, but that's okay. Even if I do fail, I'm all right with that as well. I want to see what my body is capable of. And those doubts in my mind are what I'm fighting against. That's what we have when we do anything. I did, I did my biggest deal ever this summer. I've, I've covered it in detail. Um, the 27 apartments. But right now I'm coaching one of our partners through an even bigger deal. They're looking to build upwards of 30 new build houses on a deal they've already signed up they've already signed the land up they've got the builder involved etc that's incredible and I'll I'll get them on and they can explain their deal and introduce themselves etc but that particular partner wasn't investing in property two years ago they were a complete newbie and have done fantastically well and that one deal we were talking about it funnily enough whilst walking and jogging around uh, around the uh, seven hour challenge at the retreat He was saying that that will transform their lives. That will look after their kids for the rest of their kids' lives, let alone he and his wife's lives. And that's the thing. That's where a mindset that is comfortable with failure will get you. He was injured. He was walking and he was injured. I could tell he was injured. And he said to me, this is where we put our big boy pants on, Frank, isn't it? And I don't know if it was the hardest he'd ever pushed himself, but I got the impression it was the hardest. And I was jogging it just over walking pace so I very slowly shuffled past so we had quite a conversation as I you know was 20 yards behind him and and then level with him and then 20 yards ahead of him what I want to share with you is I might complete Adrian's wall in one go in which case I'll feel amazing now I won't feel amazing immediately I'll feel horrific because just 32 miles I could barely stand up um, I couldn't I got into the bath I struggled to get out um, I couldn't eat enough calories I felt sick I was so low on um, blood sugars. I needed both hands on both banisters to get down the stairs for the next 36 hours. Like this is going to be horrifically painful regardless of if I do it or not. But just by trying to do it, I'm succeeding. I'm winning just by trying. And that is the thing. That is the crux. If you don't try like the venture capitalist firm, if you don't make these investments, you're missing out. You're, you're, you're losing by default. If you don't play the game, you can't win. If you play the game, you're either going to win or you're going to lose or you're going to draw. And that's where you start to mitigate your risk and you start to weigh the odds in your favor. Now, what am I doing currently to weigh those odds in my favor? I'm reading and consuming an incredible amount of of positive reinforcement that these kinds of physical challenges are not only possible, but that they're done regularly, that they're a good idea. I'm blocking out the red flag people, the people that have never done 35 hours exercise. I'm listening to people that have done it. Uh, one of the best books I'm reading at the moment, I'm, I'm like devouring it at every opportunity. If I wasn't recording this for you guys now, I'd be reading this book, is Cameron Haynes, Bow Hunter, if you Google Bow Hunter, and his book is Endure. Now, I'm not interested in, in hunting deer and elk. Um, I'm not really interested in hunting with a bow and arrow, but I'm interested in his mindset. And he talks over almost every page. He talks about the fact that our brain is weaker than our body, infinitesimally weaker. So our brain gives up way before our body does. He talks about doing a 20 mile run every day when he's in training for hunting season. 
and you think, well, you know, you're an elite athlete, 20 miles. That's, you know, it's only just shy of a marathon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got stuff to do. I've got family. I've got work. This guy works full time. He's got a 40 hour a week job. And you think, okay, yeah. But if you're a bachelor, you know, you haven't got to take your kids to karate. No, he's got kids as well. He takes them to clubs. And you think, oh my goodness. And then you read a bit later, he's done a hundred mile race. He's run a hundred miles in one go. And then and you think a hundred miles. Oh my goodness. Maybe then. But yeah. But, and you look at a photo of him and his legs are just like tree trunks, right? And he's lean. I look in the, I look in the mirror and I think, yeah, you're a couple of stone heavier than he is. You know, you're, you're, well, I'm carrying a couple of stone more fat than he does and I'm probably a, a stone less in muscle you know so overall our body compositions are very different you think to yourself yeah you know he's 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 light um and, and I'm heavy he's done 100 miles could I do 80, 84 <sighs> I don't know he's strong mentally but I, I back myself mentally I back myself mentally to to hang in there and and I keep telling myself and I've got this mantra now you can put one foot in front of the other you can put one foot in front of the other, Frank. The only time you're going to stop putting one foot in front of the other is if you fall over. And then you're going to get up and do it and keep going. That's what I'm telling myself. One foot in front of the other. If you just do that, you can keep going for 35 hours. And then I read that he's done a 200-mile race. And I'm thinking, no way. He did two. He, he ran for 78 hours and I'm like oh my goodness if he can run for 78 hours I can walk and I've decided I'm going to walk the whole thing I'm not going to start off with a few hours running because I've worked out that the impact on my legs because I'm not fit enough to run the whole thing the impact on my legs from those few hours just really slows me down later so I think I'm going to be faster walking overall if I just keep going at that steady three and a half mile an hour pace three three and a half mile an hour pace and he's done a 200 mile race and then you think, oh, I've got to be able to do it. And he talks about enjoying the pain and he talks about sucking it up. And I'm thinking, yeah, I can do that. And um, we had Stephen Green come and talk to the partners, um, double world record holder now, double triathlon world record holder. He came and spoke to the partners, also a multi-million pound um, property investor the night before the, the retreat. And you can check out his video about his um 200 mile triathlon that he did in red car and round red car only three or four weeks ago unbelievable achievement and he was talking about easy work and what he's saying is when he feels like it's tough he tells himself it's easy work and that reminds me of the sas mantra cheerfulness in the face of adversity and I, I just kept laughing on that 32 mile walk, run and walk. I was coming along the canal towpath. I had my head torch on. I was testing all this new stuff. I was testing how I reacted to caffeine gels, tested how I, how many calories I could consume while still walking, how much water I consumed per hour so that I could work out how much I needed to carry. I'd weighed my pack down to um, the nearest 100 grams. So I've got my pack down to 4.4 kilograms. That's including a litre and a half of water, food, waterproofs, sleeping bag, money, electronics and bivy uh, bag. I, I can't believe how much light weight gear there is it's been a whole learning experience for me but I didn't know that a month ago I've had to research that stuff I had to read the best equipment available and then and this is funny I nearly didn't take my headphones I wasn't going to take my headphones because they weigh like 30 grams and I didn't want to waste literally every like my toothbrush I've like used a, the head of a toothbrush rather than um, a full toothbrush so that 
it's less weight and I've got a super little bit of toothpaste in a little tube. So like everything is absolutely minimal. I wasn't going to take my headphones and then I got a bit bored because nine and a half hours, you know, I can only do so much thinking. <laughs> and I started listening to audio. I listened to a few podcasts. I listened to a bit of music and that massively helped me. And I was like, right, I'm going to take my headphones with me to Hadrian's Wall. That's going to help me massively. So it's, it's really interesting and the question that we asked Stephen Green on um, that I asked him actually on uh, the the eve of the EPP challenge was and every partner did this by the way everyone participated and some people did five miles and that was a, a world record for them and and some people did their first marathon which was a world record for them some of them were streaming ahead of me and did 30 plus miles whatever our personal challenge was and Stephen I, I the question I asked Stephen was what is the similarities between what we're doing tomorrow seven hours exercise that most of us have never done before and property investing and he said frank there's too many to list he was at a black tie event and he'd stepped out to do this 10 minute zoom with our, us which is so generous of him and i'm very grateful to you Stephen, if you hear this <laughs> public shout out to Stephen green who uh, is is an amazing individual he said there are just too many to list no property investments ever going to go to plan you're going to be scared you're going to want to throw in the towel. You're going to feel like you don't want to get back up again. You're going to feel like you don't want to make that phone call. You don't want to borrow that money. You're going to feel like you need to sell because what happens if interest rates go up? What happens if property prices drop? And all of these are happening right now. All of these fears are out there. And so my encouragement to you guys is is to step outside your comfort zone. And I'm, I'm doing this deliberately, this, this um, podcast, before I drive up to Carlisle and, and start the challenge from... Um, it's just west of Carlisle. It's a place called Barrow. So it's from Barrow on Soloway, I think it is. Barrow across to Newcastle. I'm doing this podcast beforehand because I can't fail. If I complete it, I feel like a superhero. I feel like I've won my own world record. I feel amazing. I know how amazing I felt after my Ironman. That was six years ago. The reason I'm, this is my next Ironman. This is the next time I'm going to, push myself that was 13 and a half hours at the end of it i was vomiting st john's ambulance put me on a bed and we're monitoring my blood sugars i was uh, like i left nothing <laughs> on that track every ounce of my effort was was put into that and i dined out on that for a long time that that gave me confidence that that made me realize whenever the going got tough i could be bigger than it I could overcome it. And this is my, and that started to wane. That was six years ago. I don't feel like that was, I feel like that was a younger Frank. So now the Frank with more gray in his hair is going to do this next challenge. I'm up for it. And if I fail, I'll come back on here and I'll let you know. I'm actually going to do a recording, by the way. I'm going to do a podcast whilst doing it. So I've promised my editor that I'll do a recording. It won't be the best quality because it'll be on my little Apple headphones, but I'll do a recording every five miles. So that'd be interesting, won't it? I'll do one. You'll get like happy, chirpy, excited, a bit daunted, Frank, at the start. And then you'll get <laughs> increasingly more tired. You'll probably get delirious, Frank. Might be the, might be the last recording I ever make. When they find my body, they'll... Uh, they'll um oh i hope that's not um <laughs> um a prediction i hope that's not prophetic but uh yeah it might be the last recording ever here you know i'm a bit confused i'm a bit lost <laughs> i'm just gonna lie down for a little while that's um scott of the antarctic and i'm just gonna go for a little walk so um yeah maybe it'll be that but hey it'll be what it'll be and i can't lose because if I fail and I have to phone a taxi, then so be it. But that will be when I have absolutely expended everything. 
And then I know that I can push myself to my absolute physical limit. I've not trained for this. I did a 90 minute run. Then I did a two hour run. Then I got ill for three, three and a half weeks. Then I did the EPP challenge, uh, 28 miles running. And then I've done a 32 mile walk. That's it. I've done four sessions in about eight weeks, something like that. So yeah, under trained uh, is is probably uh, an understatement, but I will let you know how I get on. And what I challenge you to do guys is be brave. This is brave of me. I, I nearly didn't do this podcast, but this is brave of me because I'm coming out in advance. It's very easy afterwards to go, yeah, I did that. It was amazing. It was blah, blah, blah. Because if you don't do it and you fail, you don't do the podcast to you. But this is me doing the podcast in advance and I'll do another one during <laughs> and perhaps one afterwards. This is me being vulnerable, me putting myself out there and having a crack at this. Because if I can do this, if I can put myself out there, then I can achieve anything. I can do bigger deals than I've done. I can make more money than I've done. I can help more homeless people than I've ever helped. And that's what it's about. So exciting. Life is exciting, guys, when you step outside your comfort zone. So my challenge is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in the next week that's going to step outside your comfort zone? What are you going to do in the next month, the next quarter that you've never done before? I'm thinking to myself, maybe I want to climb Everest, summit Everest. Maybe I want to swim the English Channel 21 point something miles. Maybe I want to do the race from Arch to Arc. That's an amazing triathlon. You run from Marble Arch in London to Dover, about 80 something miles. You swim the Channel 21 odd miles. Then you get on your bike and you cycle to the Arc de Triomphe, something like 200 miles. That is a triathlon and a half. Maybe I want to do that. Who knows? And I'm not, I haven't set those as goals. My goal is to be finishing Hadrian's Wall in one go. That's it. If I finish it in one go, I don't stop and sleep. I've conquered that challenge. And that means I can overcome anything. That means I can be better in my business, stronger in my business. Guys, I hope you've got strength from this episode. Hope that it motivated you. Hope my vulnerability has enabled you to be vulnerable. I wish you all the best in stepping outside your comfort zone, in being successful in your property business. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.